I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. Today's show, I want to tell you about one of my early cases. I've been practicing gun law for about five years, which is kind of still early, you know. This goes back to, believe it or not, 1992, 29 years ago. And at this time, the reason I want to talk about this case is that nothing's changed. It's gotten worse in New Jersey. And it really illustrates the problem when you have an anti-gun state that is hell-bent to turn law-abiding citizens into criminals. And this was one of my early ones, and uh, it really is interesting. It was written up in the American Rifleman magazine, right on the cover of uh, 1992, and the headline, New Jersey Assaults Desert War Hero. And in fact, that's what New Jersey did. And the title of the article, still appropriate today, was Welcome Home, Go to Jail. Let me tell you what this case was about. This case was about a fellow's name was John Rogers. Now, we called him Rick. And John Rogers was a hero, still is a hero. Let me tell you a little about his background. He was in Desert Shield, and he's a member of the 101 Airborne. He was part of the elite Pathfinder Detachment. He's a qualified sniper. He took top honors at jump school and ranked number one among 1,500 NCOs at Fort Ruckter in Alabama. Now, he had a training mishap that uh, could have ended his deployment in the Middle East. He got hung up on uh, concertina wire. He required 57 stitches. And they thought about shipping him out. But no, not Rick Rogers. He stayed in. He insisted on staying the course. Desert Shield, as you may remember, became Desert Storm. And ours prior to the main air assault in Iraq, small groups of pathfinders were sent in and they were the recon eyes and ears for this assault force. They were penetrated behind enemy lines and Rogers was one of those folks, okay? He was one of the first of the 101st to touch down on Iraqi soil. Now, his job was to bring that main Iraqi army uh, to support the attack on that army uh, and set up a forward base of operations uh, about 98 nautical miles behind enemy lines. Now, this is the kind of guy we're talking about here. He uh, was discharged in 91. He received uh, the uh, Bronze Star, and uh, he was uh, uh, rewarded for exceptionally meritorious achievement while engaged in combat operations 
against the enemy of the United States. And little did he know that when he was going to come to New Jersey, he would again face an enemy of liberty. And what happened was he had to come to Jersey, so he called in advance the New Jersey State Police. He listed even guns that he owned, and the police told him what to get rid of and what guns to alter. And remember, this was early under the Jim Florio assault firing ban of 91. And he was forced to part with his Colt AR-15 and uh, that he had used to maintain his incredible marksmanship uh, skills with. And as he said at the time, that he conformed to every dictate. And he asked if he had to register anything, and they said no, and he could transport his firearms from one residence to another, and that's what he was doing. And he left from Florida, and he had his uh, motorhome, which was registered to Florida, and he uh, loaded his belongings and went to move in this manner. And it was in 1992, he and his brother, who was in another car, they got, he got his brother got pulled over for a traffic violation. And uh, he pulled over over that because of his brother. And next thing you know, they walk back to the motorhome, the state police. They end up searching the vehicle and arresting Rogers for firearms that were lawfully his, that he tried every effort to conform to Jersey law, and it didn't matter. And they arrested this war hero and put him in prison, uh, actually jail, and at the time it was a 5,000, no 10% bail to get out, and uh, he eventually did. And we fought these charges against Rogers, who had his guns cased, unloaded, following every dictate. And he eventually we were able to succeed in winning for him. But keep in mind, folks, this was 29 years ago. And New Jersey is still up to the same, the same game taking law-abiding citizens and turning them into criminals. This has got to stop. It has got to stop. And I think through the past 30 years, just how many cases I've had, case after case after case, of law-abiding citizens that New Jersey puts through the shredder of the judiciary that threatens and in fact destroys these, these folks in terms of their finances, in terms of their freedom, and their hopes and dreams. All done in the name of gun control. All done in this narrative and agenda that is flatly and frankly at best misguided, but I think patently evil, considering the harm that occurs to so many individuals, and it's been going on and on. I remember in this case, individuals at the time were talked, and you know what they called New Jersey, and it still fits? They called New Jersey a gun owner's hell. And it is a gun owner's hell. And even if you're not from New Jersey or even 
plan on going through New Jersey. We don't want this to spread to the rest of free America. So that's where the fight is. We've got to contain it and destroy it. We've got to get rid of these laws that do this to good people. And that can get accomplished by your awareness of it. This is how New Jersey acts. Know the problem so we can then address it. Keep in mind further, why did Rogers get pulled over? Well, it was never proven, but I'll tell you why. He had a Florida plate. It was common knowledge that individuals were profiled, not just by race, but also by their license plate. So if you're coming from a southern sunbelt or southern state or other state that has a respect for the Second Amendment, you can be pretty sure that there's a good chance you might get profiled for a stop looking for guns. Now, how do you move with guns? How do you move with guns? Well, you move with guns under the Gun Owners Protection Act, which will provide the protection as your last resort. And we're going to get into the details on that, into even more uh, detail for you so you know what to do to protect yourself when we get back from uh, the break. But I want you just to think about how a genuine war hero who really served his country and put his life on the line was treated by New Jersey and what was done to him even those many years back. And the fact that this is a continuing problem, yet you do not hear about this in the lamestream media. No one's talking about it. They don't talk about how gun laws turn law-abiding citizens into criminals. They don't talk about it. In fact, since 92, they've increased the penalties. They not only were felonies back then, but... They went from third degree, where you face five years in state's prison, to second degree, where it's 10 years in state's prison, with minimum mandatory penalties of up to three and a half years required, minimum, judges no discretion. So instead of trying to improve it, they made it worse. They focused on eliminating ways to save people by getting rid of ability to get into PTI and other things for certain offenses where you could get diverted if you made an honest mistake. Now, it's gone the exact opposite direction of what you would believe would be fairness and justice and what would be rational and correct in America. The opposite direction. I can't emphasize it enough because every time I get a call about somebody who somehow didn't know any of this and they end up getting jammed up in New Jersey it just surprises me in a way because it's been going on this long how do they not know well the reason they don't know is that it isn't generally out there you're smart enough to be listening to this podcast you're smart enough to be knowledgeable and know what's really going on but so many law-abiding gun owners do not so part of the mission here is to change that and to get folks understanding as we progress through these laws and we see 
court cases, you know, the Supreme Court taking a case where hopefully, finally, the Second Amendment is going to straighten these horrible laws out. But till then, you're vulnerable and you need to know what to do to protect yourself. And we're going to get into more details of what you need to know so that you can protect yourself when moving with guns. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law. A bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a Hey, glad you are back, and I want to tell you about my good friend Mitch Rosen. Mitch Rosen makes holsters, and they are my favorite. And he doesn't pay me to talk about it, but I love talking about it because my EDC rig is Mitch Rosen. And when you try out one of his holsters, you'll see what I'm talking about. Each one is custom fit to the gun, and it is great. So check out Mitch Rosen's holsters. Uh, I also want to mention that we're on a mission here. We're on a mission to protect gun owners from becoming law-abiding criminals. So I need you to tell your friends to listen to Gun Lawyer Radio. Visit our website at gun.lawyer. Instead of a .com, it's a .lawyer, and it's www.gun.lawyer. What I'd really love is for you to take a look at our inner circle. It's on our website at the gun.lawyer website. Sign up for the inner circle. You're going to get the inside from me, Evan Knappen. I'll be giving you tricks and tips and insights. Sign up. It's free. The other thing that's really, really important to me is for you to subscribe to the podcast. Please subscribe. When you do that, it helps me get exposure of the show. It gets it out there. It gets more people listening and being protected as the distribution of the show increases. It's really, really important. Just hit subscribe and subscribe to it, and you'll not miss a single episode that way, and you'll gain and glean information that may save your life and protect you from becoming the next law-abiding criminal. We're going to have big issues coming up here. It's already started. we got these executive orders, all kinds of nasty things. You're going to want to know what to do to protect yourself, you're going to know what loopholes are out there. 
and I'm going to fill you in on all that. You're going to want to know. So please subscribe and join the inner circle. Let's talk about moving with guns. I get questions about moving with guns a lot. People want to know, how do I do it? What do I do? And maybe some of you are aware of it, but it's still worth repeating because the ability to transport your firearms interstate is accomplished by a law that there aren't too many laws like it. It's called preemptive. There are, the federal gun laws do not normally preempt state laws. Now, what does that mean? It means that the federal law is the supreme law, but states can pass any other laws they wish to. And what it means is that the federal law becomes the minimum gun law, and the states are essentially told, go wild, do whatever you want, you know, within... Uh, Unless it's someone who challenges it and it's found unconstitutional, sky's the limit. And so the states can then enact whatever gun laws they want to become the maximum gun laws. And a number of states have taken this very approach, not the least of which is the state of New Jersey. So how can we have any type of power over states that have gone hog wild and created these extreme and absurd gun laws that turn law-abiding citizens into criminals. Well, one of the ways is by federal preemptive laws, and there are certain federal laws that are selectively preemptive, meaning override the state law. And preemptive laws federally, empowered through the Supremacy Clause, those laws make it so that regardless of the state law, the federal law supersedes it and allows you to do certain things that you otherwise might not be able to do in any given state. And one of the key most useful of the preemptive federal gun laws is for interstate transport of firearms. It falls under Title 18, 926A, and the requirements are as follows. You have to go from one place where you legally can possess, carry and possess a firearm to another place where you legally can possess and carry the firearm. Those places mean two different states. These are cross interstate lines. And as long as your beginning destination and your ending destination are places where it's legal for you to possess and carry those firearms, then every state in between you get preempted from their gun laws. Now, the mode of transport is also important because the guns have to be completely unloaded. Guns need to be in a separate container, and I would highly advise locked. They can't be readily accessible from the passenger compartment. Ammunition separate, nothing loaded. As long as you have it in the proper mode of transport and you're going from one place where you legally can possess a carry to the other place, everything in between gets covered. So how do you screw this up? Well, I'll tell you how you screw it up. You screw it up by making an end destination a state where you can't possess and carry. If your ending destination from Florida is New Jersey, then you're not protected by Title 18926A. But if your ending destination is New Hampshire, ah, now you're covered 
because you fit the law for your travel and all the states in between, including New Jersey, have the preemption. Now, even though we have this preemption available, many states fight it, kicking and screaming, as does New Jersey, and they don't like to adhere to it, but I've forced them into it many times. So what's the point of this? Well, the point of it is this is your weapon of last resort. View Title 18-926A as your fallback position. You don't want to have to invoke that law. You don't want to have to have a fight over a preemptive federal law's application in any given jurisdiction. But if push comes to shove and things end up going south and you have the only thing left is this, well, okay, then it'll do the trick and it'll save the day. But you don't want to make it what you depend on. There are other ways to enhance your ability to transport once you're doing so lawfully under Title 18, 926A. So what are these techniques? Well, number one is you need to be discreet, folks. Discretion. Meaning, if you have a trunk, make sure the gun case and everything is in the trunk so that it's not in plain view. In New Jersey, plain view of a gun case, just a gun case, is probable cause for a search. So even though your gun's cased and unloaded and locked, and all, it gets seen, now you're put at the next lower level and you're going to have to fight it out because the search is going to take place and you're going to get arrested and then we're going to have to raise the preempt. You don't want to go through that. So you need to be discreet. If you don't have a trunk, cover the gun cases with a moving blanket. Cover it so that it can't be seen. And not only do you want to cover it so that you avoid gun cases being seen, but you don't want anything stolen. If you got to make a pit stop, a rest stop, you don't want someone to look in and see gun cases. They'll think, hey, there's some guns I can steal too. So it makes sense just from that perspective. Be discreet. It's important. Think You have to think this way, even though it's our right, even though we don't want to hide that we're gun owners, even though we know that the gun laws are BS and all that. I get it. But you know what? I don't want you to become a law-abiding criminal. So we got to be discreet and we got to be smart. That's the key, being smart here. The other thing you don't want to do is leave anything accessible that we've talked about before in plain view that might be contraband. I mean, that's a big duh, right? But seriously, don't put a magazine or a holster in your glove box. Don't carry anything weapon-related in your glove box. All they have to see is that, and boom, now it opens it up. Now, I'll tell you a shocking thing. You know what has led to many searches for many of my clients in New Jersey? Getting their vehicles searched. You ready for this, folks? You know what's led to it? Their license to carry a handgun. That's right. Officer asks for ID, and the you as a driver, you take out your wallet, you start fishing through, and you're like, here's my driver's license, and the officer sees, oh, license to carry a handgun issued by whatever state. 
Excuse me, sir. Do you have any firearms in the car? I see your license again. Oh, yeah. Boom. Now you're going to get arrested. Now we're going to have to sort it out in court. And what led to it, as ironic as it is, your license for the gun. So do not keep your gun license with your other driving documents. Okay? Put it, you know, keep it in your wallet. Keep it in a separate spot. It should not be showing itself at any time because you don't want to give away your edge that you may be armed. You don't want to create probable cause for searches. You don't want to have any of that happen to you, and both from law enforcement and non-law enforcement perspective. Revealing that you have a carry license is revealing something that is tactically unwise for you to do and legally stupid because it leads to searches, which then lead to you having to fight the judicial system and hiring me. And I'd rather see you safe and not be a law-abiding criminal. These are tips and tricks, and I've seen it over and over again. These are things that, even if it's repetitive, I don't mind repeating it, because the mistakes keep getting made, and I don't want you to make these mistakes. So, Beware, stay within the federal law. If you're in certain jurisdictions where the federal law, you're not going interstate, then you want to have met the state requirements. Make sure you know specifically what you have to do in the states to be legal. Confirm it from valid legal sources. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients tell me they thought they were legal and they looked it up on the Internet, and no, it wasn't a good idea. Rogers, as you may recall, he even called the state police in New Jersey to try to do it right in the first place. Didn't matter. Didn't matter at all because even that advice was faulty. You've got to find out for sure. You need to talk to gun attorney. Someone who does this, that knows. Listening to this podcast helps you to protect yourself in that way. I'm giving you information based on over 30 years of experience and seeing what's real and what isn't. And this is important so that you don't become a law-abiding criminal. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.